Welcome into another episode of the Young Turks Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Viner, joined by Ahmed Gafir and Jack Rothenberg. Gents, it's that time of year. We're bringing the show back. Football season right around the corner and another year with, I guess, big upside for our Turks. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting year. Obviously, you know, a lot of returning pieces, I believe 11 uh, returning starters uh, on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Talia back, but um, have some veteran pieces, both, you know, skilled players and in the trenches. So uh, I think fall camp will be really interesting to see kind of how all those final pieces, now that there's a full roster in place, how they all kind of mesh. So um, it'll be interesting. They'll be trying to win their uh, third consecutive bowl game for the first time program history. Yeah, I think we're going to touch on it here, but I think there are a lot of question marks, as most teams have coming into a season. Um, but I think with some returning players, there's a lot of upside for this squad. And as you said, trying to get back to a third bowl game and win a third bowl game uh, for the third year in a row, which will be interesting to watch. So we'll give our takes on it. And then Ahmed and Jack sat down with Jake Butt from Big Ten Network. And I guess Jake's kind of all over the place. I, see, I feel like I see him on social media, sitting down with all the coaches around the country, get his take on Maryland. Uh, Ahmed, I've seen it everywhere from six to eight wins this year. W- where are you seeing kind of the national picture right now? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think Maryland has a favorable uh, non-conference schedule. Uh, I think obviously they they do benefit from having, you know, Penn State, Michigan at home. Uh, obviously, if they face Ohio State on the road, which is never an easy place to play. But um, I think Maryland does have some some advantages to their schedule. Obviously, I think, uh, you know, I talked about with Jake Butt, actually, but I think that Michigan State game on the road, uh, I think that might be that first real test where we kind of see, you know, what this Maryland team is made of. And I think, you know, either Michigan State's a winnable team, but, you know, it's it's a road game. And historically, Maryland has think they've gotten better but you know just gradually kind of need to take that next step but I think it's a safe bet obviously you know the, I think like you said the lines kind of around that seven seven and a half mark I think it's obviously a safe bet to um I, I would put my money on Maryland to get a bowl game um and I think you know an eight win season especially considering a bowl uh, I definitely think that's uh within realm of possibility um get a chance to to maybe uh, play Illinois who I think could be a toss-up uh take advantage of Northwestern on the road so uh, and I, I do expect Maryland to uh, breeze through their non-conference schedule. So um, definitely, definitely shaping up. And like we said, you know, some some veteran pieces kind of leading the way. I think that'll be the expectation this year. Jack, yeah. thoughts? When it comes to the seven wins, I think that's a great mark. And that's why sports books are great, because they, they know how to make people think about those totals. Um I agree with what you said, Ahmed. I think there are a lot of winnable games on Maryland's schedule, but it's just about will they take care of their business? And as we all know in the past, Maryland hasn't been great at doing that. So I think that's one of the major questions. And we can get into all the the different units and players that might be questionable for Maryland's team this this season. But it's going to come down to them taking care of business and maybe winning a few big games on the road, especially against the top-tier teams in the Big Ten, which – it seems to be the biggest question year in and year out. Will they be able to do that uh, in the Big Ten East specifically? For me, I I highlight the Michigan State game. Th- that's going to be the one where can Maryland go to East Lansing against a team that struggled last year? I think that's putting it lightly in terms of uh, Mel Tucker's second season in East Lansing. Can they go up there and can they win? Can they beat Illinois? Can they, as Jack said, can they beat the teams they're supposed to beat? Can they go to Northwestern, which is a program in absolute turmoil? Will uh, we'll see how that turns out. I think um, it gives me echoes of Maryland's uh, year after the McNair situation. 
that Maryland wasn't an awful team that year. They won five football games. Northwestern's been up and down over the past three, four years. I wouldn't be so sold on that one. Maryland's played awful in Evanston the one time they went. Uh, they've never really been that good against Northwestern, even going back to last year where the Wildcats were bad. That game went all the way down to, was it a failed Hail Mary attempt at the end to tie it up? Yeah, it was uh, not. Uh, I think it was, um, yeah, I think Jake, Jake Funk was the one that ended up winning it, I believe, over time as well. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty ugly game. Yeah, so Maryland has just you know struggled against some of these teams from the Big Ten West, and they're going to have to win those games some far away from CQ Stadium where Maryland's been decent. I would say at this point they've been awful on the road is what comes to mind. And you hit on it already. Offensive line, your big question mark. That's where on the road you need those guys to be consistent. Same thing goes for the defensive line where we'll see in a lot of new faces. Yeah, yeah. And obviously I think the Nebraska game, I think it's kind of just uh, kind of a real toss up. You just really don't know what to expect out of the Nebraska team, especially that late in the season and whatnot. So I think that'll be uh, be another intriguing, intriguing one for Maryland. Um, I was telling Jake, I thought that was could be a candidate for the high scoring uh, game in Big Ten play this year. Yeah, going around to some of those units, we've talked about the offensive line, but I'm at a spot where I think there's been a lot of hype, but also a lot of question marks. Let's start off with the defensive line. Uh, it seems like the transfers uh, making some big impacts, especially Jordan Phillips. Yeah, I think Jordan Phillips, uh, Maryland updated their roster, listed at 311. I think he's going to be a guy, obviously, the defensive line, they returned two guys, and Tommy King Basote and Tyze Johnson. I think Tommy A, I think he's going to be another guy who – Maryland fans kind of saw glimpses of him. He was in the rotation his first two years, and I think this is going to be the year where he goes in that big role. But Phillips is a guy who moves really well for that 311 pounds. And, um, you know, I mentioned it on top of black and gold ever since he enrolled in January. But um, he's been, in terms of the weight room, in terms of conditioning, in terms of hosting players uh, on officials, on unofficials, and just being kind of like an ambassador for the program. Uh, every person you talk to about Jordan Phillips has nothing but good things to say. So um, especially for a unit um, where Maryland has really taken strides year after year uh, under uh, Loxley and Brian Williams, uh, I think the defensive line room, they, they lose three starters, uh, but obviously with the the two veterans returning and Tyze and Tommy A, I think Jordan Phillips could be a guy that, really makes an impact. And then you have uh, Trey Colbert uh, from Angelo State, uh, who was uh, uh, definitely an efficient interior lineman there. And I think he, he kind of gives that room some interior depth as well. So um, we'll see how the defensive end room looks. You know, Quayshawn Puller, um, you know, kind of spent the last year just kind of reforming his body so to kind of help on the edge a little bit. Then you have Daniel Owens. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how, how all the pieces. And then, you know, another freshman who enrolled early in January, Dylan Pontus, who uh, another guy, six, 260 pounds, um, was a guy that Maryland was really high on out of high school uh, really early on in the cycle and did a really good job recruiting him throughout. So um, he's done a good job in the weight room. So I think he's going to be another guy where um, he kind of figures into the rotation we were talking about it off the air, but, you know, I think last year, I think there were only five or six freshmen that ended up using that red shirt with a couple of those guys being linemen. But uh, I, I could see maybe LeVon Johnson, maybe him being candidate to red shirt, just kind of given with him coming in later. But I think a lot of these guys, you'll you'll kind of see them playing. So I think there's some uh, some quiet confidence up front. Now it, it'll be how they all put it together uh, in Big Ten play. Yeah, and. For me, uh, looking at it, it would just love to see either Mosiah Nasili Kite stick around or Henry Chabuzzi, just one more player that's played for this unit, gone through a Big Ten season or two that would really solidify things up front. 
Yeah, I like uh, it. I like the returning across the board, but if just one more, two more guys, I think you could really say it's a real strength of the team instead relying on, even if Jordan Phillips looks great, a guy who didn't really get on the field at Tennessee to come in and play in the full Big Ten year, it almost signs you up to be that classic, like Maryland will be great for five games, they'll get beat up going into the Big Ten schedule, and then they're going to have to like pull that game out at Northwestern, or they're going to look weak at Nebraska just because they're so beaten up by that point. Yeah, I mean, depth is, um, depth, depth is, and, and you know, I, I think that's kind of a concern, I think, on both sides of the trenches, really. So, um, that that's definitely a concern. I, I'd say there's, there's kind of some confidence, you know, kind of the too deep and kind of how that shakes out. But, um, uh, I, I do think that we'll see some, some rotations a lot to, to kind of get these young pieces, um, season up, maybe going into, you know, that late October, November stretch. Flipping sides of the ball, offensive line, this one complete uh, change after last year. A lot of constants for Maryland over the last couple of years. And looking down the list, not many names that I think your average Maryland fan would realize. Yeah, uh, the only returning guy is uh, DJ Glaze. They uh, signed uh, uh, Gottlieb Yedzi, uh, who's another tackle from Prosper State out of the portal. They signed Corey Bullock, a, a uh, guard who should take over at right guard. Uh, from NC Central, uh, Mike Purcell, who transferred in from Elon, uh, though technically was from Duke. Uh, he transferred from Elon to Duke uh, back in January uh, in hopes of winning the starting set job for center. Uh, Duke, they had a couple of veterans that didn't end up winning the starting job. So they hit the portal after spring ball or at the end or close to the end of spring ball. Purcell was among those guys. Uh, so he comes to College Park. He, he and Eric Harris will probably battle it out. Uh, in fall camp for that starting job but uh, as of right now I think Purcell will be that guy um, just brings a lot of experience to the room um, you know left guard is going to be the, the biggest question you know Kyle Long Emilia Moran both of those guys kind of mixed in Marcus Dumerville found himself uh, at guard at tackle at times as Maryland tried to mix and match to see you know what units uh, were kind of most efficient what would look best um, so I think you know we'll, we'll continue to kind of see Moran and Long kind of battle it out at left guard uh, so we'll we'll see how it looks, but uh, definitely a lot of new pieces, um, some veteran pieces, obviously, Gotti, uh, Ayedzi, or, and uh, Corey Bullock, uh, DJ Glaze, all of those guys uh, have come into College Park starting 10 plus games with DJ Glaze starting the last 26 games for Maryland. So, um, you know, not not a lot of familiarity. And I think the spring, like I said, you know, it was all about trying to figure out and kind of get acclimated, get used to the unit, to, to the new guys in the room. So I think fall camp is going to be all about, you know, building that chemistry into that uh, week one matchup against Towson. Yeah, Jack, looking at the roster, what's your surprise unit? Who sticks out to you? Yeah, the surprise unit, I guess, probably I'd say the wide receiver unit. I don't think that no one's going to wow you on paper. Um, there were a lot of, there was a lot of turnover from last year. Obviously, three guys went, went to the draft. Uh, but my eyes on Tyrese Chambers entering this season, I think he's he's a transfer in coming from FIU. Um, he didn't have a great junior season, but in his sophomore year, he averaged 23.9 yards a catch, so he can definitely make big plays. And he's not going to be with his speed or his size, but his positioning is great, and that's how he makes his plays. Uh, so I think with all the departures that, they, that Maryland saw last season uh, in the wide receiver room, there's definitely a chance for opportunity and chance for volume. Um, and Lee is going to need a go-to guy, and I think that could be Tyrese, Tyrese Chambers in this upcoming season. Yeah, yeah, looking at that wide receiver room, one thing that I would love to see this year over last year is maybe not so much wide receiver as committee. Um, get guys that are hot, feed them the ball. They still have big playmakers. Maybe they're 
less proven than they were last year, but I would love to see Loxley and crew and the change in the offensive coaching staff say, find bell cow guys. They, they kind of found it with Roman Hemby at the end of the year. I would compare it the same to the wide receiver. Ahmed, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, you know, we talked about obviously, you know, Maryland, I think the Dolphins will really just go as, as, as far as, our, as the offensive line will take them. But I think, you know, Maryland will have a chance to, you know, go four wide and you have a, you know, Kaden Prather, who's that big bodied long, the, that deep threat. You have Deshaun Jones, who personally, I'm not sure what t- type of routes that he can't do, what, how he can't be efficient for Maryland. I, I think even last year, I mean, for him to lead Maryland's uh, wide receivers, tight ends and, and receiving yards, um, even with the three NFL receivers, I think it's just kind of a testament to just kind of how good he is. And, and uh, so I expect big things out of him. Uh, Tyree Chambers, I think he's going to be another guy like Jack mentioned. I think he's going to be another efficient guy who helps Maryland move to six a little bit. And then you have Octavian Smith, guy, another freshman in Braden Wazowski. But those guys put him in the slot a little bit. Um, so I think that there's just a lot of pieces in that wide receiver room, even with the turnover, where they can kind of complement each other um, and they can kind of make the force defenses to play honest. And then, hey, you know, you uh, have have a you return all your running backs to, uh, you know, Roman Hemby was a big play waiting to happen. Uh, it seemed like seemingly every single time he touched the ball. So uh, I think Maryland just they have the pieces in that wide receiver room uh, just kind of keeps the, the confidence at the passing attack that. We've really seen them over the last two years, mainly in 2021, though, um, has a chance to to stay alive. Well, with it being July, I'll, I'll leave some of the conversation for upcoming. We'll have a lot of notes on fall camp. Obviously, you can follow Ahmed. His VIP notes are the best on Inside the Black and Gold. Jack, now a contributor on Inside the Black and Gold. He's had some basketball content coming out. So a lot of Terps on campuses here um, at this time. I mean, Big news over the cross the basketball, which we'll get to on the podcast. We're going to make this show consistent over the year, updating you guys on fall camp. We'll be out there when they have open practices, and that kind of starts off Monday where Coach Locks has his annual uh, media event at his house. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's uh, It should be should be pretty good. It, it just kind of snuck up on me about maybe two weeks ago when I was like, wow, football season is actually, actually here. So really excited. I just think a lot of, like we just talked about, just a lot of these veteran pieces. Um, you know, I think I think it'll be really interesting and uh, we'll also be interested to see, you know, maybe we'll talk about it next on the show. But uh, we said a, a preseason over under on the number of NFL draft picks on uh, on this year's roster. I think that'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, like we said, you know, I think be a pivotal season. I think if Maryland's kind of able to, to kind of keep chipping away, get to another bowl game, whatnot, I think that'll be good. So uh, as you mentioned, Mason, we will uh, have plenty more coverage uh, coming with fall camp coming up and with the basketball team going to Italy pretty soon. So uh, stay tuned. Yeah. And now let's get over to Ahmed and Jack with Jake Buck. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome into another episode of the Young Terps podcast. I'm your host, Mason Viner, joined by Ahmed Gafir and Jack Rothenberg. Gents, it's that time of year. We're bringing the show back. Football season right around the corner and another year with, I guess, big upside for our Terps. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting year. Obviously, you know, a lot of returning pieces, I believe 11 uh, returning starters uh, on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Talia back, but um, have some veteran pieces, both, you know, skilled players and in the trenches. So uh, I think fall camp will be really interesting to see kind of how all those final pieces, now that there's a full roster in place, how they all kind of mesh. So um, it'll be interesting. They'll be trying to win their uh, third consecutive bowl game for the first time program history. 
Yeah, I think we're going to touch on it here, but I think there are a lot of question marks, as most teams have coming into a season. Um, but I think with some returning players, there's a lot of upside for this squad. And as you said, trying to get back to a third bowl game and win a third bowl game uh, for the third year in a row, which will be interesting to watch. So we'll give our takes on it. And then Ahmed and Jack sat down with Jake Butt from Big Ten Network. And I guess Jake's kind of all over the place. I see, feel like I see him on social media sitting down with all the coaches around the country, get his take on Maryland. Uh, Ahmed, I've seen it everywhere from six to eight wins this year. Where are you seeing kind of the national picture right now? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think Maryland has a favorable uh, non-conference schedule. Uh, I think obviously they they do benefit from having, you know, Penn State, Michigan at home. Uh, obviously, if they face Ohio State on the road, which is never an easy place to play. But um, I think Maryland does have some some advantages to their schedule. Obviously, I think, uh, you know, I talked about it with Jake Butt, actually, but I think that Michigan State game on the road, uh, I think that might be that first real test where we kind of see, you know, what this Maryland team is made of. And I think, you know, either Michigan State's a winnable team, but, you know, it's it's a road game. And historically, Maryland has, I think they've gotten better, but, you know, just gradually kind of need to take that next step. But I think it's a safe bet. Obviously, you know, the, I think, like you said, the line's kind of around that seven, seven and a half mark. I think it's obviously a safe bet to, um, I, I would put my money on Maryland to get a bowl game. Um, and I think, you know, an eight win season, especially considering a bowl, uh, I definitely think that's uh, within realm of possibility. Um, get a chance to, to maybe uh, uh, play Illinois, who I think could be a toss up, uh, take advantage of Northwestern on the road. So, uh, and I, I do expect Maryland to uh, breeze through their non-conference schedule. So, um, definitely, definitely shaping up. And like we said, you know, some, some veteran pieces kind of leading the way. I think that'll be the expectation this year. Jack, yeah. thoughts? When it comes to the seven wins, I think that's a great mark. And that's why sports books are great because they, they know how to make people think about those totals. Um, I agree with what you said, Ahmed. I think there are a lot of winnable games on Maryland's schedule, but it's just about will they take care of their business? And as we all know in the past, Maryland hasn't been great at doing that so I think that's one of the major questions and we can get into all the, the different units and players that might be questionable for Maryland's team this year this season but it's going to come down to them taking care of business and maybe winning a few big games on the road and especially against the top tier teams in the Big Ten which seems to be the biggest question year in and year out will they be able to do that uh, in the Big Ten East specifically. Yeah. And I, I think I also think it'll just be interesting. I think Michigan, um, you know, I think Maryland fans were really energized. And, you know, I think last year was kind of the year where we, you know, maybe held on to some glimpses of, you know, moral victories. And I know, obviously, inside the program, you know, Loxley and the players are never going to be happy with, you know, playing Michigan on the road close, playing Ohio State close at home. Um, but I think it'll be really interesting to, you know, get Michigan, uh, 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 you know, a veteran offensive line room. Uh, Penn State's a really intriguing team. You know, can Maryland, can they disrupt Drew Alar? Or excuse me. Um, uh, excuse me. Yeah, it is Drew Alar, right? Aller. Uh, yeah. Uh, Drew Aller. Um, we'll, I'll cut that out. Sorry. Yeah, and obviously Maryland will have to go against a veteran Penn State team. You know, Olu Fasashanu uh, up front in the in uh, right a left tackle, um, and then they'll have a, a young quarterback, uh, running back tandem, Nick Singleton, Katron Allen. Um, so I think it'll be kind of interesting to see. You know, if Maryland's able to get some pressure, um, you know, they they have some some depth in that uh, defensive line room. So I think the big test this year will once again be if they can uh, take down one of the big dogs. Yeah, for me, I, I highlight the Michigan State game. 
that's going to be the one where can Maryland go to East Lansing against a team that struggled last year. I think that's putting it lightly in terms of uh, Mel Tucker's second season in East Lansing. Can they go up there and can they win? Can they beat Illinois? Can they, as Jack said, can they beat the teams they're supposed to beat? Can they go to Northwestern, which is a program in absolute turmoil? We'll, uh, we'll see how that turns out. I think um, it gives me echoes of Maryland's uh, year after the McNair situation that Maryland wasn't an awful team that year. They won five football games. Northwestern's been up and down over the past three, four years. I wouldn't be so sold on that one. Maryland's played awful in Evanston the one time they went. Uh, they've never really been that good against Northwestern, even going back to last year where the Wildcats were bad. That game went all the way down to, was it a failed Hail Mary attempt at the end to tie it up? Yeah, it was uh, not. Uh, I think it was, um, yeah, I think Jake, Jake Funk was the one that ended up winning it, I believe. And every time as well, but yeah, it was a it was a pretty ugly game. Yeah, so Maryland has just you know struggled against some of these teams from the Big Ten West, and they're going to have to win those games some far away from CQ Stadium, where Maryland's been decent. I would say at this point they've been awful on the road, is what comes to mind. And you hit on it already, offensive line your big question mark. That's where on the road, you need those guys to be consistent. Same thing goes for the defensive line where we'll see in a lot of new faces. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously I think the Nebraska game, I think is kind of just uh kind of a real toss up. You just really don't know what to expect out of the Nebraska team, especially that late in the season and whatnot. So I think that'll be, uh, be another intriguing, intriguing one for Maryland. Um, I was telling Jake, I thought that was, could be a candidate for the high scoring uh, game in big time play this year. Yeah, going around to some of those units, we've talked about the offensive line, but I'm at a spot where I think there's been a lot of hype, but also a lot of question marks. Let's start off with the defensive line. Uh, it seems like the transfers uh, making some big impacts, especially Jordan Phillips. Yeah, I think Jordan Phillips, uh, Maryland updated their roster, listed at 311. I think he's going to be a guy, obviously, the defensive line, they returned two guys, and Tommy King Basote and Tyze Johnson. I think Tommy A, I think he's going to be another guy who – Maryland fans kind of saw glimpses of him. He was in the rotation his first two years. And I think this is going to be the year where he goes in that big role. But Phillips is a guy who moves really well for that 311 pounds. And, um, you know, I mentioned it on top of black and gold ever since he enrolled in January. But um, he's been, you know, in terms of the weight room, in terms of conditioning, in terms of hosting players uh, on officials, on unofficials, and just being kind of like an ambassador for the program. Uh, every person you talk to about Jordan Phillips has nothing but good things to say. So um, especially for a unit um, where Maryland has really taken strides year after year uh, under uh, Loxley and Brian Williams, uh, I think the defensive line room, they, they lose three starters, uh, but obviously with the the two veterans returning and Tyze and Tommy A, I think Jordan Phillips could be a guy that, really makes an impact. And then you have uh, Trey Colbert uh, from Angelo State, uh, who was uh, uh, definitely an efficient interior lineman there. And I think he he kind of gives that room some interior depth as well. So um, we'll see how the defensive end room looks. You know, Quayshawn Fuller, um, you know, kind of spent the last year just kind of reforming his body so to kind of help on the edge a little bit. Then you have Daniel Owens. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how, how all the pieces. And then, you know, another freshman who enrolled early in January, Dylan Pontus, who uh, another guy, six, 260 pounds, um, was a guy that Maryland was really high on out of high school uh, really early on in the cycle and did a really good job recruiting him throughout. So um, he's done a good job in the weight room. So I think he's going to be another guy where um, he kind of figures into the rotation we were talking about it off the air, but, you know, I think last year, I think there were only five or six freshmen that ended up using that red shirt with a couple of those guys being linemen. But uh, I, I could see maybe LeVon Johnson, maybe him being candidate to red shirt, just kind of given 
with him coming in later, but I think a lot of these guys you'll you'll kind of see them playing. So I think there's some uh, some quiet confidence up front. Now it, it'll be how they all put it together uh, in Big Ten play. Yeah, and for me, uh, looking at it, it would just love to see either Mosiah Nasili Kite stick around or Henry Chabuzzi, just one more player that's played for this unit, gone through a Big Ten season or two that would really solidify things up front. Yeah, I like it. I like the returning across the board, but it's just one more, two more guys. I think you could really say it's a real strength of the team instead relying on, even if Jordan Phillips looks great, a guy who didn't really get on the field at Tennessee to come in and play in the full Big Ten year. It almost signs you up to be that classic, like Maryland will be great for five games. They'll get beat up going into the Big Ten schedule, and then they're going to have to like pull that game out at Northwestern. Or they're going to look weak at Nebraska just because they're so beaten up by that point. Yeah, I mean depth is um depth depth is and and you know I, I think that's kind of concern. I think on both sides of the trenches really. So um that that's definitely a concern. I I'd say there's there's kind of some confidence you know kind of the too deep and kind of how that shakes out. But um uh, I I do think that we'll see some some rotations a lot to, to kind of get these young pieces um, season up maybe going into you know that late October November stretch. Flipping sides of the ball, offensive line, this one complete uh, change after last year. A lot of constants for Maryland over the last couple of years. And looking down the list, not many names that I think your average Maryland fan would realize. Yeah, uh, the only returning guy is uh, DJ Glaze. They uh, signed uh, uh, Gottlieb Yedzi, uh, who's another tackle from Prosperk State out of the portal. They signed Corey Bullock, a, a uh, guard who should take over at right guard. Uh, from NC Central, uh, Mike Purcell, who transferred in from Elon, uh, though technically was from Duke. Uh, he transferred from Elon to Duke uh, back in January uh, in hopes of winning the starting set job for center. Uh, Duke, they had a couple of veterans that didn't end up winning the starting job. So they hit the portal after spring ball or at the end or close to the end of spring ball. Purcell was among those guys. Uh, so he comes to College Park. He, he and Eric Harris will probably battle it out. Uh, in fall camp for that starting job but uh, as of right now I think Purcell will be that guy um, just brings a lot of experience to the room um, you know left guard is going to be the, the biggest question you know Kyle Long Amelia Moran both of those guys kind of mixed in Marcus Dumerville found himself uh, at guard at tackle at times as Maryland tried to mix and match to see you know what units uh, were kind of most efficient what would look best um, so I think you know we'll, we'll continue to kind of see Moran and Long kind of battle it out at left guard uh, so we'll we'll see how it looks, but uh, definitely a lot of new pieces, um, some veteran pieces, obviously, Gotti, uh, Ayedzi, or, and uh, Corey Bullock, uh, DJ Glaze, all of those guys uh, have come into College Park starting 10 plus games with DJ Glaze starting the last 26 games for Maryland. So, um, you know, not not a lot of familiarity. And I think the spring, like I said, you know, it was all about trying to figure out and kind of get acclimated, get used to the unit, to, to the get new guys in the room. So I think fall camp is going to be all about, you know, building that chemistry into that uh, week one matchup against Towson. Yeah, Jack, looking at the roster, what's your surprise unit? Who sticks out to you? Yeah, the surprise unit, I guess, probably I'd say the wide receiver unit. I don't think that no one's going to wow you on paper. Um, there were a lot of, there was a lot of turnover from last year. Obviously three guys went, went to the draft. Uh, but my eyes on Tyrese Chambers entering this season, I think he's he's a transfer in coming from FIU. Um, he didn't have a great junior season, but in his sophomore year, he averaged 23.9 yards a catch, so he can definitely make big plays. And he's not going to be with his speed or his size, but his positioning is great, and that's how he makes his plays. 
Uh, so I think with all the departures that they, that Maryland saw last season uh, in the wide receiver room, there's definitely a chance for opportunity and chance for volume. Um, and Lee is going to need a go-to guy, and I think that could be Tyrese, Tyrese Chambers in this upcoming season. Yeah, yeah, looking at the wide receiver room, one thing that I would love to see this year over last year is maybe not so much wide receiver as committee. Um, get guys that are hot, feed them the ball. They still have big playmakers. Maybe they're less proven than they were last year, but I would – Love to see Loxley and crew in the change in the offensive coaching staff say, find bell cow guys. They they kind of found it with Roman Hemby at the end of the year. I would compare it the same to the wide receiver. Ahmed, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, you know, we talked about obviously, you know, Maryland. I think the Dolphins will really just go as as, as far as, our, as the offensive line will take them. But I think, you know, Maryland will have a chance to, you know, go four wide and you have a, you know, Kaden Prather, who's that big bodied along the, that deep threat you have Deshaun Jones who personally I'm not sure what type of routes that he can't do what how he can't be efficient for Maryland I, I think even last year I mean for him to lead Maryland's uh, wide receivers tight ends and, and receiving yards um, even with the three NFL receivers I think it's just kind of a testament to just kind of how good he is and and uh, so I expect big things out of him uh, Tyree Chambers I think he's going to be another guy like Jack mentioned I think he's going to be another efficient guy who helps Maryland move to six a little bit and then you have Octavian Smith, guy, another freshman in Braden Wazowski. But those guys put him in the slot a little bit. Um, so I think that there's just a lot of pieces in that wide receiver room, even with the turnover, where they can kind of complement each other um, and they can kind of make the force defenses to play honest. And then, hey, you know, you uh, have have a you return all your running backs to uh, you know Roman Hemby was a big play waiting to happen uh, it seemed like seemingly every single time he touched the ball. So uh, I think Maryland just, they have the pieces in that wide receiver room uh, just kind of keeps the, the confidence at the passing attack that we've really seen over the last two years, mainly in 2021 though, um, has a chance to, to stay alive. Well, with it being July, I'll, I'll leave some of the conversation for upcoming. We'll have a lot of notes on fall camp. Obviously, you can follow Ahmed. His VIP notes are the best on Inside the Black and Gold. Jack, now a contributor on Inside the Black and Gold. He's had some basketball content coming out. So a lot of Terps on campus this year um, at this time. I mean, big news over the cross the basketball, which we'll get to on the podcast. We're going to make this show consistent over the year, updating you guys on fall camp. We'll be out there when they have open practices. And that kind of starts off Monday where coach locks has his annual uh, media event at his house. Yeah. Looking forward to it. It's uh, it should be, should be pretty good. It, it just kind of snuck up on me about maybe two weeks ago when I was like, wow, football season is actually, actually here. So really excited. I just think a lot of, like we talked about just a lot of these veteran pieces, um, you know, I think, I think it'll be really interesting and, uh, we'll also be interested to see, you know, maybe we'll talk about it next on the show, but uh, we set a, a preseason over under on the number of NFL draft picks on uh, on this year's roster. I think that'll be interesting. But uh, yeah, like we said, you know, I think be a pivotal season. I think if Maryland's kind of able to, to kind of keep chipping away, get to another bowl game, whatnot, I think that'll be good. So uh, as you mentioned, Mason, we will uh, have plenty more coverage uh, coming with fall camp coming up and with the basketball team going to Italy pretty soon. So uh, stay tuned. Yeah, and now let's get over to Ahmed and Jack with Jake Butt. Football season is right around the corner, and Maryland will begin fall camp on August 1st with a 3.30 p.m. kickoff set against Towson on September 2nd. I'm Ahmed Gafir, joined by Jack Rothenberg as the IBG team sits down with Jake Butt, former Michigan tight end who won to play four seasons with the Denver Broncos. He's now a color analyst with the Big Ten Network and was in College Park to watch the Terps spring game 
And with college football season inching closer, he joins us to talk Maryland, the Big Ten. Jake, appreciate you joining us today, man. Of course, guys, anytime. Awesome, awesome. Uh, well, Maryland, they enter year five of the Mike Loxie era uh, with a chance to get bowl eligibility for the third consecutive season. Uh, obviously, they hope to win a third consecutive bowl game for the first time in program history. A um, lot of new, some familiar faces in College Park. Uh, and granted, you know, I know the spring game is more of a light version of what we'll see in the fall. But uh, obviously, you know, with you being in College Park to, to kind of watch a spring game, I'm just curious to hear if, you know, anyone maybe jumped out or anything just kind of jumped out about this Maryland roster. Um, you know, listen, it's a spring game, so I know that's the question to ask, but you, you take everything with a grain of salt. Um, at points in time, it was good. At points in time, it was bad. I think the offense won one half, the defense won another, and that's really what you're looking for. You want one side of the ball to come out strong. You want the other side of the ball to respond and have a little back and forth. If it's too much domination, um, that, that's, that's not anything good. I know Quayshawn Fuller, on the defensive side of the ball, felt like he was in the backfield consistently, particularly early in the game, disruptive. And I think that's a, an area Maryland could really use, having some disruptive defensive linemen to combine with their secondary, which has been a strong point of their defense for a while. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you know, you got Tyrese Chambers, you got Caden Prather, you know, Deshaun Jones is back, um, Ty Felton. So they, they, Octavian Smith Jr. And, and we know Loxley and Josh Gaddis, that's been a specialty of theirs. One, to recruit and identify talent. Two, to bring them in and develop them. And three, to have the scheme in place to allow them to showcase and maximize that talent. So um, excited about that group. I think you have one of the best quarterbacks in the conference in Talia Tukabailoa. And really excited about this running back room, too, led by Roman Hemby. I think he probably doesn't get the, the respect he deserves with Maryland just having a smaller market compared to a Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State. Um, but if you turn on the film, the film speaks for itself. He's a complete back. I think he catches the ball to the backfield pretty well and uh, runs good routes. So all around, this team, it, it feels like there's a potential to take a step forward. But the challenge for them is the challenge it is every year, playing in the Big Ten East, one of the best conferences in all of football, having to go through Ohio State, a reloaded Michigan, a reloaded Penn State, that that's going to be the challenge this year is, is can they not just, and I, I told Loxley this, I'm like, man, you scared a couple of those guys last year, right? And he said, hey, listen, I'm not looking to scare anybody. I'm looking to actually get those wins. Can he do that this year? And yeah, Jake, that's a great point. Uh, moving on to kind of the bigger picture. We talked about the spring game. You got to take everything with a grain of salt, as you said, uh, but moving into the start of the season, obviously all the Big Ten teams will start out with some easier games. Most will to start the season. Um, what do you kind of look for in those first few games? Like you said, taking everything with a grain of salt because they're against some easier opponents. What are you looking for to kind of tell you what a team may look like going into conference play and throughout the rest of the season? It's different for each team, right? You know, you, you say for Ohio State, you're introducing a new quarterback. So you're looking for him to look comfortable you're looking for the pieces around him to step up you know they got three three new offensive linemen in Columbus and I'm just using them as an example here to set this up for them that theirs is going to look different than Maryland who your quarterback is established your running back is established you got a great tight end in Corey Deitches you have some new pieces at receiver how do they gel together what you're looking for is guys that are playing fast and confident at this point because they have experience and they have talent on the roster. Um, but you are bringing in Josh Gaddis, which is a new piece. So 
you're looking for guys to play confident. You're looking for some of your veteran players to take a step forward. Are they show, are they cleaning up some of the mistakes they made last year? And is the you are are the units really gelling? You know, on the defensive side of the ball, I kind of hinted at it earlier. You know, at secondary, you, you lose some real legit talent um, to the NFL. What do the new pieces look like? I believe in the talent they have on the roster. Can they go up and against a lesser opponent do what you're supposed to do and what you're expected to do? which is dominate and put that out on tape. And then on the defensive side of the, the defensive line, particularly, can you get someone that's going to be a, a disruptor, someone that's going to sit back there and make opposing quarterbacks think twice about hanging onto the ball in the pocket. That's going to just only help them across, across the plate. So again, I, I kind of touched on it. I, I think this roster is really, really talented and going forward as big 10 does away with division, Maryland, I think, is a team that should benefit as much as anybody from that because Locks has done such a great job of recruiting and developing. I think he's a great coach. So once they do away with divisions, it's going to be a wide open race. But this is this is a roster that can absolutely, I think, getting back to a bowl game is the floor for this team. Can you get to eight, nine? Maybe even can you get to 10 wins? That would be a hyper successful season. Yeah, and and Jake, you you'd kind of touched on that. You know, I think uh, obviously with with Maryland, um, you know, they do bring in a lot of familiar pieces. Like you said, obviously having Talia back. I mean, I think from any Maryland fan perspective, you know, before Loxley got there, I think first thing they always talked about was just having a consistent quarterback. And, you know, Talia, I think he's proven that he's able to win in the Big Ten. Um, the biggest question will still be, you know, like you had mentioned, you know, can they beat the big dogs? You know, they return Roman Hemby and they return their entire running back room to, to kind of help create a more balanced approach. Um, you know, they, they brought in some pieces on the defensive side of the ball to play some outgoing NFL talent. So um, I think the biggest question is, like you said, you know, the, the a bowl game getting back there um, is the floor. But I think every Maryland fan, you know, they're curious to see, you know, if they're able to knock off one of the big dogs. You know, they'll get Penn State, they'll get Michigan at home this year, and they'll travel to Ohio State where obviously, like you had said, you know, they 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 gave Ohio State quite a scare last year uh, at, at home. So um, I, I am curious, you know. They, they were in the game with Michigan as well, Michigan, right? Yeah. Like they, yeah. yeah, they I think they ended up being one of two teams last year to, to stay within one score of Michigan uh, all season. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, like, like you said, I mean, they, they came close and I think Maryland fans, they see that and they, they see that's a sign of progress, of growth. Uh, but, you know, close doesn't close doesn't always cut it. So do you think that Maryland yeah. can 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 they take advantage of one of these, you know, Penn State and Michigan at home this year? Well, let's just look at it here. No one is going to bet them, right? Like, I, I, I wouldn't sit here and tell you confidently that I would pick Maryland over Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. I think those rosters are littered with NFL talent. And though Maryland has talent and they have NFL talent, just the, the sheer amount of NFL talent on Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, it's going to be tough. But let's go back to the schedule. You play Towson, Charlotte, and Virginia to start the season. Those are three winnable games. Right. You can be you can sit here as it stands right now saying, hey, we got a really good chance to be three and oh, getting into conference play. And then you're on the road at Michigan State. That's been a that's been you, you typically in this conversation. It's Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State and Michigan State. Right. It's the big yeah. four. But Michigan State struggled last year. And they, I, as I look at their roster, I think they have more question marks than Maryland does right now. That is a winnable road game to open the conference so let's just say it goes in place you're three and oh you're playing confident you're on the road at michigan state 330 eastern kickoff that's a winnable game 
that's a winnable game. And I think that is going to be a huge telltale for how this season's going to go for Maryland. If you can go on the road and beat Michigan State, a team that you've struggled with historically as part of that big four in the East, now all of a sudden you're 4-0 playing Indiana, a game I'd expect Maryland to be favored in. You're 5-0 and at that point. If this can go well, I think these first five weeks will show, show a lot. Now you're 5-0 and going on the road in Columbus. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. That, that's not going to be easy. But look, you, you, had them, you, you had them up against the ropes in the fourth quarter last year. We have to, we have to see who, how Kyle McCord or um, whoever it is under center in Columbus is going to perform. We have to see how the O-line looks, losing three guys that went in the top three rounds at the next level. Um, I expect their defense to be better with Jim Knowles. It's not going to be an easy game, but even what you really want to do in this one at a minimum is to be 5-0 and going to Columbus and play a very competitive game against Ohio State. Because at that point, you could say, even if you lose, there's no moral victories, but you're 5-1. and You just went up against one of the Titans in college football. Many have them go into the playoffs this year. That's a huge confidence builder. And even if you lose, you're 5-1 and one with a really good loss on your record, then playing Illinois and Northwestern. And you just don't expect Northwestern with everything going on to be good yeah. this year. Illinois, I think, will. But you could look at this and say, hey, you could be 7-1 and one or 6-2 and two going down to the last four games of your season. So um, that's the way I'm looking at it. Before we talk about Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, those first five weeks, I think we could have another one of these phone calls and be able to accurately predict, do they have a realistic chance at this? And don't forget, especially going back to that Michigan game last season, that was that was on the road up in Ann Arbor. Yep. They played that game well. And I love what you said, Jake, about uh, how they're not going to be favored in any, any one of those games. No one, I th would think, would throw their money at Maryland going into those games. But I kind of like that for Maryland. They're going to be playing with house money as the underdog. I think that's when they can go and pull off one of those upsets, which all the, all these Maryland fans want to see. Yeah. Um, and, and Jake, I know you're a little bit of a betting man. I saw on your Instagram, you were throwing some uh, Super Bowl picks at, uh, at your followers. Um, a bunch of sports books have Maryland's total wins at around seven, seven and a half. Um, if, if you were to have to throw your money at that, would you take the over or you take the under as you were talking through all those games that Maryland has on the schedule? Listen, that's, that's why that's what makes these sports books great because that that's if I had to pick a line it'd be right there if it's seven and I and I got good value on it I would probably take the over right I, I real I really think those first five games Maryland can rattle off five wins Ohio State that's going to be tough Illinois will also be tough but more winnable than Ohio State I think they can beat Northwestern then yeah you, you know Penn State Michigan and Michigan will be challenging I think Maryland can beat Rutgers and we still don't know how Nebraska is so I can I see a clear path to seven wins, but you have to be perfect in the winnable games if that's the case. And then you have to win some of these gray area, tougher matchups against Illinois and Nebraska. So seven and a half, it's it, it's tough. If it's six and a half, I'd take the over, but that's a pretty fair line for Maryland, I'd say. Yeah, and you you mentioned Nebraska. Actually, I was just about to to bring them up because Maryland and Nebraska they they'll play in November, and just kind of looking at that matchup, really intriguing. And you know, I, I think on paper you kind of think 
maybe maybe that's an early candidate for high scoring Big Ten game of the season. But uh, just you, 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 I think they're a really intriguing team. You just don't know what type of team uh, they'll come out to be. And you mentioned, you know, Michigan State, they have some questions. Uh, I am curious, you know, do you feel like there's maybe a team that going in this fall that you feel like uh, maybe can surprise uh, or kind of surpass expectations kind of coming off of uh, maybe what Illinois did the season ago? Well, I think Maryland is one team that I just don't think is getting enough credit. Again, I don't, no one's going to pick them to win the East, but I think they're going to be a damn good football team this fall. Um, but then you look at the West, I think people will be shocked. I think Iowa's offense will take a big step forward. I think that we, there was so much talk about Spencer Petrus. There was so much talk about the play calling. No one talked about the truth is that Iowa, they're good offensively when they can run the ball behind a talented offensive line. I didn't think the offensive line was even average for most of the season last year. I thought they were extremely poor and that just disrupted the foundation of everything Kirk Ferentz wants to do. And Brian Ferentz wants to do offensively. I think you, that, that offensive line will be a year older, a year wiser. They will be better. I think you have Cade McNamara and you have maybe the best tight end group in all of the big 10 with Luke Lachey and Eric all that offense will take a step forward and we don't even need to talk about what Phil Parker will do defensively. That, 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 that would be a shocking pick. And then Illinois, I don't think last year was an outlier. I think that they're going to prove again this year that they're, that they're here to stay and they're here to compete. You know, they left some meat on the bone down the stretch of the season. I think they were ranked 14th and kind of just rattled off some tough losses and uh, kind of fell out of that serious um, team conversation. But um, they brought in Luke Altmeyer as a as a, a quarterback, same as they did last year with DeVito. I think they'll continue to succeed. They got a great defensive front, maybe the best in all of Big Ten. And then you got the two newcoming coaches in Wisconsin and Nebraska. Matt Rule has a history of turning around programs. You can look at there's an art to that. I, I lived it with Coach Harbaugh, where Coach Harbaugh had a history of turning around programs at both levels. We were five and seven in my sophomore year with Brady Hoke. Harbaugh comes in and we're back-to-back 10 win seasons, just like that. There is an art to turning around programs. And based on everything I'm seeing and hearing, Matt Rule will turn them around. How quickly and how quickly will they become good? To be determined. I will say, I believe Wisconsin, they're right there in that conversation as my top team in the West. And it's going to look a lot different up there in Madison with Mordecai under center and Phil Longo calling the plays, a hurry-up system. It's, it's going to look a whole lot different, and hopefully you'll see a revamped, renewed offense to go with what's traditionally been one of the best defenses in the country. So um, I kind of just gave you the overview of the, the entire West. It's always hard to pick. It's, it's always a surprise, but I think any of those teams is going to have a real shot at making a run in the West and, and finishing in that top 15 conversation as a floor at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, especially like what you talked about in the beginning of the podcast, just kind of moving away from the, the divisions and the Big Ten, just moving forward. I think when you just look at just the kind of the, the trajectory um, or, or kind of the future, what the what both Nebraska, what Wisconsin, they'll look like under uh, Rule and Fickle. I think it kind of has a lot of intrigue, especially with UCLA, USC coming in. I think it, it's going to be a really interesting Big Ten down the line. But obviously you got you got divisions this this last season. So I'm curious. I know a lot of a lot of. Uh, pundits are, are kind of picking Michigan over Ohio State and uh, I don't I don't envision too too much bias in, in your pick to see if, uh, if if you think it'll be Michigan or Ohio State but uh, hey, who, who do you kind of have as, as your favorite going into the season 
Listen, I, 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 I people, people think that, um, you know, that there might be some bias, but I, I promise you when I make my picks, I, you, you wouldn't believe me if I told you that, <laughs> Hey man, of course I went to Michigan. I like to see Michigan succeed, but I'm paid to analyze the game with a honest, you know, thought process. I've seen the opposite. I see most people, ESPN, FPI, a lot of people have are picking Ohio state to beat Michigan. If I had to pick it right now, it's clear to me that Michigan has a lot less question marks than Ohio State does. Who's going to be Ohio State's quarterback? How good will they be? How quickly will he be good? I bet on Ryan Day that that system is going to allow him to succeed and flourish. But Michigan, for the first time in a while, has J.J. McCarthy. I mean, last this time last year, we were wondering, is it J.J.? Is it Kate? There is no question who their quarterback is. They have the best running back room in the country. They have a second unit offensive line. And that's what they want to do is run the ball. Their, their second unit offensive line would probably be an upgrade over two thirds of all the offensive lines in college football. And I think that defense has enough returning production and enough le- better in leadership with young guys that are up and coming that that defense is going to do what they did last year, which is be a dominating piece of the Michigan football team. So um, I'm trying to give you sound logic and why I'd pick Michigan to win this one, not to mention, Ohio State has to come to Ann Arbor this year. So um, to me, it's, it's Michigan. It's Michigan that, that is the clear favorite and has the most talent in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think it'll be definitely an interesting race. Uh, Jake, appreciate you taking some time with us, Maryland fans. Make sure you can give Jake a follow. You can find him at, at jbooty88 on Twitter, which I, I, I love the Twitter name. And uh, definitely it was great to meet you in, uh, in College Park in the spring. And definitely I uh, hope to see you around in College Park down the road this fall. Great. Sounds good, guys. Yeah, I would love to, would love to connect uh, if I get the chance to call a game out there. So I appreciate everything you do and appreciate you having me on.